Good evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Rita and Weep. We're a good podcast about books and movies and television and stuff. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. Joining me, as always, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Brooklyn, New York. A little snowy. It's Mr. Chris Smith. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little snowy here. We got two feet no, of I snow on the You are a little snowy. It's almost like we're in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. <laughs> right next to Green Bay there. <laughs> uh, huh. Yeah. Do you guys know about this part of Wisconsin? I had never heard of it. No. No. But it has no. a beach. And now it's the only thing I know about is this. That's not a great sign. No, yes. it's not. A, it's not really like a tourism advertisement. This is the show that put Manitowoc on the ca- on the map. <laughs> not a great in the worst way possible. Yeah, in the worst way. <laughs> also joining us, she's at the Tanya Best on Twitter. Also in snowy Brooklyn, New York, it's Tanya Smith. It's uh, it's watch it and open mouth sob this week. <laughs> Yay! Uh, we are watch it. Everyone's feeling their most amount of feelings. <laughs> Binge watch it and ugly cry. The yeah, podcast. <laughs> that was yeah. That was the Tanya game while Chris was going to see Star Wars. I was like, let me just get in and tight seven, <laughs> making a murderer. At one point, I was watching this in a coffee shop, and two other people in the coffee shop were also watching it on their laptops. And I felt like yes. it's, if we were if we were on the same episode, I would say we should combine forces. But you're too behind, and I can't relive that. <laughs> I'm not able to do this again. Also, great bandwidth in the coffee shop. Yeah, it was very impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. Normally, I feel like kind of a dick doing Netflix, but then I saw that the two other people were, and I was like, "Well, it can't be me." Yeah. Uh, also joining us this week, we have a very special guest now in the sunny city of Angels. Please welcome back Sarah Hathaway. I am a pair of slippers arranged just so in a corner. Am I sneakily arranged? Am I carelessly arranged? You, viewer, must decide. I am three tree branches trying to hide an entire RAV4. <laughs> hey, there's a piece of plywood in yeah, there, there's too. there's a hasty plank of plywood just there. It's another, like, hasty plywood to make this look like a very careful job. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys. Super wise. So, uh, you've already noticed this is a little different, but let's... Uh, uh, summarize this episode a little bit well first i should say this is episode number 326 of the podcast we have now done as many episodes as the number of college towns in the u.s as ranked by a recent study by wallet hub which sounds super reliable um but uh ranked based on opportunities in the town youth friendliness and what's called the wallet wellness rank uh, number one <laughs> ann arbor michigan Ooh, that's a cool stat number 300 yeah Wallet Wellness. <laughs> Number 326, Patterson, New Jersey. Worst college town there is. <laughs> Patterson, New study. Jersey. Home of James Patterson. That's yeah. weird. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Named entirely after him. <laughs> of the New Jersey Pattersons. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Speaking of places that uh, now that you've heard of, you probably don't want to go to, this week we're talking about the Netflix documentary series, Making a Murderer. This is the final episode of Fresh Month. So we decided to do something super different. Um, so this is a very different episode for us, you guys. Like everybody else on Twitter, we'd all, I think except Chris, watched this over the last month or so, and we were angry and wanted a place where we could all talk about it. This might not be our funniest episode. This is not really a tw- trigger warning so much as like a, um, if you only like comedy, warning. 
Yeah. This might not be mm-hmm. for you. Um, there is a mild trigger warning with some sexual assault in it. Um, definitely spoilerific. And- so if you're waiting to find out if <laughs> it ends well for Mr. Avery. Um, yeah. If you, if you emerge from a cave in March <laughs> and are like coming back to this episode... <laughs> Like, gosh, I, ho- I sure hope I catch all the blockbuster TV that happened before I got trapped in that cave. <laughs> I wonder if they ever finished making this is the not murder. The for you. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so, but at the same time, by the way, Alex, you made that sound kind of like a downer. Like, oh, if you like comedy, this isn't the episode for you. If you like hearing us talk about stuff, and this is just a different take, stay tuned. I think it's going to be a fun conversation. Totally. I didn't mean to undersell it. I, I thought... If there's any three people in the world that I want to hear their opinions of making a murder, it's you three. I'm happy to have us gathered. I'm so excited to talk about it. I think it is. And I, I have heard like people talking about it in like tweets and, and then like walking by a conversation. <laughs> and like and I haven't gotten to have the full out of it. And so I think this will be a fun conversation. I think it'll be really interesting. There will be some funny parts for sure. Um, Don't promise uh, that. So yeah, I think. <laughs> No, there will be. I have a list. I, I, I can't perform under parts. that pressure. I can't. <laughs> at least two. And if parts. you only if you only like the ads of Read It and Weep, there is one of those. There is one, and it's super so. unrelated to this topic. So stick around at least yeah. for that. I'm, I like today's ad. Um, so Chris, why don't you? Yeah. Uh, for those people oh. who are planning on emerging from a rock in late March, summarize this series in the style of a gruff older couple who just want their son back. Oh God, oh, boy. Oh gosh! Well, okay, so yes, wow. yes, very sad. No, I know. But also, aren't they a delight? Well, sort of. I I don't know if a delight. Like every time I see them, my heart hurts. Oh yeah, yes, is yes, that yes. What a delight is. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah, that he ate that lettuce. Delight. Oh god, that lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> or that bottle of uh. that half-empty bottle of ketchup that was being used to dress absolutely everything that Mama yes. Avery was yeah. eating. Oh God! Or that paper room with the tums on the table. <laughs> oh my God! Or that garage full of all right, all right, all right. Pools. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they were gonna go with no, the fish business with the name written in the oh, cement on the floor. Oh, you guys! Okay. You guys! Oh. Okay, hang on, guys. Let me let me just let me just break it to our listeners. What the hell we're talking about here? <laughs> all right. So, uh, uh, my boy Stephen Avery. Uh, lives in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, which is a smallish town here in here in Wisconsin. And uh, the Avery family are a lower class family, which is okay. Uh, but they're they're sort of the junkyard garbage people of the town. Uh, no, but they they actually own an auto junkyard. It's yeah, yeah like they're not garbage people. They're of, people of, who sell garbage for a living. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, this is the dirty overalls. You know, uh, sort of alcoholism mild to medium crime being committed all the time sort of thing yeah, like in town. The kind of people who might have burned a cat. <laughs> yeah. The kind or of like, people who it turns out definitely burned that but, cat. By the way, if there's a rumor that somebody might have burned a cat, that cat got burnt. Yeah. <laughs> like I that's, that's okay, true. but did that hood get masturbated upon? That is a separate uh, uh, Was someone ready to go and then like ran out from their residence <laughs> while someone was driving by at like seventy miles per hour? Like how does that it was unclear to me how, how he masturbated even, on a moving car? That feels as realistic as the David Blaine. I just like don't understand how you could execute that. That's determination and skill is what that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, so uh, let's let's take you back to, to 1985. And this is Stephen Avery. He's arrested for assault and attempted murder 
of a, a well-to-do, very nice lady named uh, Penny Bernstein or Bernstein. Um, and she's a higher class lady. She and her husband, you know, own some stores in town and stuff like that. But she was on the beach and she got attacked by a sketchy looking guy and she got away by screaming and yelling and struggling. And, uh, her eyewitness account when they lined people up was like, Oh my gosh, Stephen Avery. That's the guy. That's the guy. Well, it turns out eyewitness testimony is only so good. Like, and, like uh, zero to 2% useful. Yes. And so, but, uh, it was the eighties and they didn't have anything better than eyewitness testimony. So he was arrested. And everyone and in the convicted. city already hated Stephen Avery. Yeah, so they're yeah. like, yeah, this this sketchy looking uh, moving car masturbator probably was the guy. Uh, and so, well, because, so because at one point because, Stephen Avery had pointed a gun at the woman who was married to the sheriff, and if you want in a very small town to make everything shitty, do something mean to the sheriff's wife. That puts oh yeah, just yep. a yep. lot of hurt. Yep. On and your of course, future. they all yeah, and everybody knows everyone. And people who were really familiar with that incident were also helping um, Penny post her assault to try and figure out who she could have seen as the assailant. Yeah, and even the sketch artist may or may not have known that Avery was a suspect beforehand. The sketch artist definitely just drew Stephen Avery from a photo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then like kept a framed copy of that yeah. picture just <laughs> around. Well, because it was the one time he did a sketch that resulted in an arrest, yeah, right. and like, <laughs> and he was so proud of it. He framed it and put it in his office, and kept it there even after they proved that he they had wrongfully imprisoned the guy. Stephen, so yeah, you were so maybe in two thousand three in in a series of of a textbook case of how to imprison the wrong person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let's 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 move through time here just for the sake of the summary. Uh in 2003, Stephen Stephen Avery through the Innocence Project and DNA evidence was uh acquitted of uh of the yeah. uh assault. Turns out it was some other creep that looked kind of like him. It was someone who owned underwear. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Uh, that that thing of like, you know, she really remembers his white underwear and Stephen Avery doesn't even own underwear. Yeah, I forgot and about like, that. Uh yeah, that, that's not that how you want to be laugh. in a sexual assault trial. That's not how you want to make your defense. Yeah, but yeah. sir, I've I mean, never just... worn underwear. <laughs> but so, I don't own any. So it was not the... even never worn. Just like don't don't own it. Don't have it. Don't need <laughs> it. Don't have it. Underwear, not for me, dog. <laughs> but uh, it's 2003. This actually, uh, you know, news across the state and maybe even nationally that this guy, after 18 years, got released and he returns home, super happy to his uh, to his junkyard family, and everything's cool, right? <laughs> Oh, wait. Uh, by 2005, he was already uh, arrested and, you know, basically on trial for the rape and murder of somebody else. This person was Teresa Halbach, and she was, uh, you know, raped, murdered, burnt, cut up into tiny pieces and burned and, and really, really gruesome. Well, those are charges that were issued, and then a lot of them ended up being... I mean, some of them were 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 taken back. Yes, oh, definitely in murdered. The course of the trial, Abs- definitely, definitely Teresa was a living human, and now she's not a living <clears throat> human. Yeah, in some capacity. Yeah. Um, and and actually, uh, Stephen Avery, his nephew, his sister's boy, uh, kind of a slow learner boy by the name of Brendan Dassey, uh, was also arrested um, because he was actually, you know, talking to the police and may have made up a story about how Teresa died and that he took part in it and he didn't understand and you know the cops actually oh now we have to arrest you because you clearly were part of this this whole deal 
so there are two different trials going on. There's the trial of Stephen Avery and the trial of his nephew, Brendan uh, Dassey. Uh, and they're going on at more or less the same time. Uh, there's a lot of investigation by the police and the, that's all that. But as this, as this goes on, this whole documentary movie really shows that, you know, the growing evidence that the police are making things happen in this trial and that, that maybe evidence was planted. Maybe, uh, you know, Stephen Avery was just kind of picked up because he's Stephen Avery. And, um, you know, this whole confession thing with the nephew, he's, he's got an IQ of 70 and he just basically tells the cops what they want to hear and what he guesses they want to hear. Textbook useless coerced confession. Oh yeah, just the, absolutely. the most coerced confession. By the book, and of all time. everything wrong you could do interrogating a child, they yeah. did. And yeah. so the entire yeah. the entire trial for Brendan is basically we have a videotape of you confessing this, and now you say it's made up, but we still think that the confession is more true than you saying it was made up. So you're on trial for murder. Yeah. And like, what? Yeah. There's just all this crazy stuff. As, as so, bad as uh, I feel for Stephen Avery. The Brandon Dassey part of this is the bigger tragedy in some to me. Oh like, god, oh, yeah. Enormous tragedy. I mean, it's hard to compare, but with Brandon it's just the most heart-wrenching thing. Yeah. Well, especially cuz like Stephen has these uh in his murder trial has these uh two lawyers, Dean Strang and, and Jerry Buning, who are who are pretty great. Um and they're they're, you know, doing everything they can to defend him. Brandon doesn't have the kind of money that Stephen Avery does cuz Stephen uh got all the money for the wrong wrongful imprisonment stuff well, not all but he got a he chunk got some he got a chunk that he can hire lawyers for this stuff brendan doesn't brendan has public defenders and the first guy he has and his name is uh len kaczynski is this kind of grinning idiot who's <laughs> working with the prosecution to have brendan can like basically plead guilty yeah to this which is and brendan's like i'm not guilty why are you trying to do this well, man? no that's initially brendan just doesn't understand oh yeah happening. he doesn't understand yeah so there's just some yeah. really terrible stuff yeah but then he gets better lawyers and they do a better job now that it's too um, late but sorry yeah now that it's too late he gets a better lawyer who tries mm-hmm. to help and it's still definitely way too late oh yeah and so actually you know it turns out that both of them do get convicted for this crime and they they are in prison. Currently each of them serving long sentences. Yeah. I think so. Stephen Avery's life without the possibility of parole, and Brendan Dassey could mm-hmm. get out in his fifties. I think. Yeah, with yeah. good behavior. It's like the the whole thing that's yeah. like the best possible deal for him is if he really really behaves himself, they might let him out when he's an adult. Yeah, like but like, he's like fifty. He was a child. He was sixteen when this happened. Yeah. So it's just it's just crazy. And like, you know, this this thing isn't called like who killed Teresa? It's it's called making a murderer because like what it's really about. I mean, there's this case, but like the cops are probably colluding and planting evidence. You know, the judge seems to be, you know, nothing's going the defense's way despite what, you know, everything they're doing. Uh there's just so many different factors like this uh, you know, public defender that Brendan had that really everything's coming together to make it so that this is a real impossible situation to defend, you know, these people. And the whole thing, uh, this documentary series was filmed over 10 years uh, at at great personal expense and gamble since they had no contract for this until recently. Uh, And it's a pretty incredible documentary. And the, um, because the Avery's own a salvage yard, anytime they have to just put something in the background while they're talking, they just have a drone flying down across the salvage yard, and it's real creepy. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. A lot of good yeah, footage of cars. A, yeah. It, I mean, it just has a very um, bleak look and feel. Yeah. Just even outside of all of this courtroom going on, like oh, there's yeah. just there's just a a real hopelessness. Yeah, <laughs> that permeates all of it. Yeah. Well, and like you know, there's there's so many different tragedies. This is tragedy of Stephen Avery. Like you know, he gets out only to be put back in. You know, for a crime he maybe didn't commit. Uh, there's the huge tragedy of Brendan. But then you also like the documentary spends a long time with Stephen Avery's parents, who like just got their son back oh. in 2003. And even and like the and larger thing people. to me watching it was like also this young woman was murdered. And we'll never, I mean, largely you never know what happens, right? When a crime is committed, like you kind of piece it together as well as you can. But also it feels like because of the way this was handled, even like Stephen Avery could have done it. I'm totally undecided on his guilt or innocence, but ultimately like it doesn't matter because this tragedy happened and justice wasn't really done in the way it should have in order to like help her family and like help like honor this woman in my mind it's just like real sad totally oh guys i'm yeah. not gonna yeah. be funny today okay you're I, I <laughs> two funny things all show so we don't have to don't put too much pressure yeah. on yourself i was gonna well, this is i was gonna save this for later but let's start out with our first of several palate cleansers because i think we got a little little deep just now so today yeah. the first palate cleanser today is uh what else is going on in Manteoque, wisconsin um, you Manitowoc. might wonder, Manitowoc, sorry, Manitowoc. You might think this town is useless. Only bad things happen here. Except, fun fact: on September fifth, nineteen sixty-two, a twenty-pound piece of Sputnik four crashed onto North Eighth Street. Oh, wow! So, a little piece of uh, whale shit. Early. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they have a they they put a little uh, metal ring in the sidewalk where it landed. That's um, cool. So, take that, that USSR. You want to go see? Manitowoc, Manitowoc. You want to go there, see the little place where part of Sputnik Four lost. I mean, I don't. It's not really take that USSR because they still won that race, but the space race. Yes. Or what? <laughs> but what's your what's you know your finish line for, for the space race in your mind? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think Getting different places won different parts of the space race depending on what your benchmark is. Okay, so we yeah. won to the moon, but they won the first into space, the first manned space mission. Uh, yeah, the, first, the dog, first, first adorable orbit, mission stuff, yeah. with Leica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so many, yeah, there's so many great missions. They won almost all of the space races. But then we went to the moon and Russia was like, oh shit, we can't top that. And it, then we're like, oh, it turns out we can't even be a country <laughs> anymore. Yeah. So who won now? So like, ain't nobody gonna top that. Yeah, but Good then night. once we, yeah <laughs> But once we shut down the shuttle program now we rely on Russian rockets to get up to space. No and SpaceX. Oh, okay. Anyway, that is uh Well uh, So space break. Yeah. That was your palate cleanser. So now let's do let's just do a feels dump because there's just so much to cover. This is a this is a ten episode hour long episode. This is a lot of is, topic. Is any one of us are any is anyone here super sure one way or the other about Stephen Avery's innocence? I because I I am absolutely not. You're not I not sure. Really, am not convinced that he is completely. Yeah, ditto, I really ditto. I think it was a mishandled I, trial, but I, I don't know. <laughs> well, so yeah. just like yeah, in, yeah exactly. Uh, just like, and like the serial. police plan evidence because they think a dude's mm-hmm. guilty and they just want to reinforce the guilt and make it easier to put him in jail. Right, right. They don't think and they're also, framing an innocent man. So I think definitely the police planted evidence. Oh, I, yeah. And the, the yeah. shitty thing is, no, I don't doubt that he could have been framed and he could be guilty. Those could both be true. Uh, and like they're just, and it doesn't fit 
totally either way because like if he totally did this then like how did he not use that car crusher well this is why didn't he use that car crusher okay so here's the deal like she had this rav4 the 99 dark green rav4 and she's a photographer and she goes around taking pictures for auto trader magazine and so you know by the way how is that a job well i guess people have (laughs) autos they want to trade and you pay somebody to take a photo of it yeah. yeah, I guess pre-internet. Yeah. It's sort of... It's like 2004, oh. five. Well, before the internet was really well, hopping. There should be internet by then. Yeah, yeah there but, was definitely internet. Yeah, just but... Like, that, that job description was just the most confusing thing yeah. I'd ever heard. I was like, wait, you just drive around taking pictures well, of people's Well, she was a freelance photographer, that right? That was to... just like her most studied job. Maybe I misheard that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Apparently a lot, of, a lot of car swaps in the Manitowoc area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Teresa goes by and, you know, she's in this car. And if, you know, if Avery killed her, then, you know... He basically, there was this hasty attempt to hide the car by putting a plywood board on one side of it. Yeah. I mean, and covering like, it with some sticks. Yeah. Oh, this and is, so, the, yeah, but there's like, his blood is in this car. Yeah. Whether or not it was a planted blood splatter situation, we, yeah. we still can't say for sure. We don't know. Um, but so if, if some of the crime happened inside her vehicle and then he just took her vehicle and hid it on his property... Instead of destroying it with right. a tool, he has that he a junkyard. Uses. A yeah, crusher. they have a junkyard. They have a car crusher. He is. Why he on earth? is the guy in Pulp Fiction that you bring a body to to get rid of, and somehow yeah. Yeah. he never thought to Except, get rid of the car and the body. Yeah, yeah, unlike the wolf in Pulp Fiction, this guy has no plan and <laughs> yeah. really limited mental facilities. Yeah, that and is so, a huge problem. So I, when I first watched it. I was like super up in the air, and the second time I've been, I, I like went through and rewatched a couple episodes of it, and I am leaning pretty heavily towards his innocence. Um, okay, not for the best reasons necessarily, but I really just do oh. believe him. <laughs> what are your reasons? No, I like just I do believe him, and it, like it's just so dumb. But his thing, he's like, when I committed those other crimes, like lighting the cat on fire, I immediately told people I did it, and. This time I'm like, and I he said he was innocent when saying the original crime that he was arrested for. Had he said he was guilty, he would have gotten out sooner. Because the way the criminal, one of the messed up things about the criminal justice system is you can't get parole if you insist you're innocent. Yeah, even so if, if you, you didn't are. do it, <laughs> if you didn't do it, you have to say you're guilty in order to get let out of prison early. That's so insane. Yeah. So yeah. it's so weird. He never said that he was guilty when that would have helped him. And so I mm. I just kind of believe him that he didn't do it. But like you guys were saying, the easier thing to say is that no matter whether or not he did have any part of this, it just definitely didn't happen the way the police said it did. Yeah, it was oh, just right. sure. the, yeah. the yeah. trial. It was just like totally mishandled all the way around. I mean, I, I think that's like the the main well, and I, I've watched a bunch of the like interviews the filmmakers have given about their intentions for this, and I think it's very admirable that they like are very firmly like we're not trying to be the jury on this. It seems one sided because we mm-hmm. only had that much access to the family over this time. But like, it's about the judicial system. Totally. It's not about the audience solving this crime. And I feel like that's part of my complicated yeah. feelings towards the show. Is like I think the conversation that's important to have about it is is like about the justice system but the conversation yeah. pop culture wants to have about it is how did this crime happen and can we solve it and obama can you let him out of prison 
And that's like <laughs> oh the gosh, troubling thing about position. it. Because it's like what happened with cereal as uh, well. And like why I have weird feelings yeah. about cereals. Yeah. Because like we as a culture are not taking the right stuff out of it, I think. No, oh, no. And and I feel like the these, I mean, these, these uh, pieces of culture have a lot in common. And an unfortunate thing they have in common is that I feel like the victim gets minimized in yeah. both. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, in the same way that, like, nobody's really sweating, like, Heyman Lee and, like, the loss that her family has sustained and, like, the horror that that is on its own. It's so much more about, like, well, what about this guy? What do we do with this guy? Like, and yeah. ultimately, I don't know. I, I, I had some really... I, I think the thing that was hard to watch in Making a Murder is also just the Hallbach family yeah. and like the position that her brother is put oh. in as sort of the press spokesperson, because you know, dude doesn't have media training. He doesn't know how to like not come across as like a total creeper. Also, yeah. He answers I guess. every question so, they ask about legal things that he doesn't know anything about. And so he's just yeah. on tape every 10 minutes saying something wrong about the trial and I and feel he's so, so bad for that nervous, family. But... And he ends everything with like this weird smile. And yeah. like, it's not his fault, but he looks like such a creeper. <laughs> and it's yeah. just so hard when you're like frustrated yeah. with the way that everything is working. And then this person comes out and is like, well, I just have to believe what they're saying. And these people are terrible liars. One so of my few ta- here's hoping I have a few takeaways great. from the show. And one of them is if something bad happens to somebody in your family, don't do interviews. Yeah, you just shouldn't be on TV. Don't do interviews and pray that you are born within the right circumstances to make your community believe you. Hopefully, uh, don't or like give you any sort of doubt from the get go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If something bad's going to happen to someone you know, hopefully it doesn't happen in a small town. Yeah, where you've been publicly masturbating and cats on fire for years. Yeah, just in a dense urban environment, you've got a way better chance of being yeah. able to masturbate on the hood of someone's car. Yeah, and there's not this rumor that everyone you meet becomes part of your sexual fantasy. Exactly. Uh-huh. Well, but also like just the just every one of the judges they dealt with, and the sheriffs, and the the lawyers were just so small town shitty. Like the did one of the sheriffs went on TV and said, "Of course, we're not framing him. If we wanted to have him killed, we could have just done that." Oh God! Like, that yeah. how is that? I mean, oh God! <laughs> Nobody knows what they're doing. I mean, uh, yeah, it's just uh, this is the thing that had never really occurred to me. Somehow, like this this show, if nothing else, my takeaway was like, "Oh shit, the justice system is made of people." <laughs> oh no, yeah, no, they just that. have the rest of their time and lives to just interact with stuff and have opinions and that's not good we yeah. can't have that yeah, yeah. and weird <laughs> w- weird high-voiced uh prosecutor oh, baby voice crabs oh, baby voice his voice is like a silk glove caressing the cheek of a cabbage patch doll it's just Man, wrong. So yeah. it's just wrong it's wrong you know, I and, and he's <laughs> the prosecutor on both cases and he he gets a lot of spoken lines and he has a weird high child baby voice and he he's a he's an overweight sort of rotund like adult baby looking man with a weird push broom mustache and when yeah. you found out in episode nine or ten that he had ten. later gotten fired because he was hitting on and using his position to try to from sexual assault victim victims he was hitting on all of them you you weren't even a little surprised but i will say Not the one joke all. i make regularly in connection to this documentary <laughs> series which i do not think is laughable at all but i like 
every once in a while, I'll just turn to my fiance and go, you may be the hot young nymph, but I am the real prize. <laughs> I'm the real prize. <laughs> that was his sex. And that's like, that was his oh sex. My God. What a sex, a man. That's, that's sex to end all yeah. sex right there. And then he describes his life with yeah, like, you know, dollars a year. Yeah. Uh, I just picture him with like one of those little like T9 like flip phone situations, like composing <laughs> that text. <laughs> Why doesn't it think nymph is a word? It's definitely a Hot word. Young nymph. Oh, come on. Oh, I got to retype it. Four, 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 three, three. It's like the only moment of just like, like pure, like vicious joy I could feel during this whole series was like that one second oh, right, reveal yeah. of that sex at that episode. Like, I think I just like stood up and like yelled. Yeah. It was so good. A little bit of justice. It was like throwback, like bring your elbow into your side, like Uh yes motion. (laughs) I definitely did that. I was like, oh, Oh, I did that. I also laughed out loud at the Stephen Avery doesn't own underwear part for sure. Because it was just so ridiculous. Okay, so to be fair, Chris and I watched the first episode together. Yes, and when that happened, I paused it and I just turned and looked at Chris and I said, he. What? <laughs> like, what is? Because okay, wait. Did, did when you guys watched this? Did you um? Did you know what was really like up going in? Because I no. didn't understand like no. any of the twists or anything. So the whole first episode, there's this feeling of doom, but you have no idea why. You're just like terrible things are going to happen, but I don't know what they are. I, was I that, knew the rough I outlines no of the situation because I think I'd heard that Radio okay. Lab too, where they interview um, Penny. Yeah, when they mm-hmm. interview Penny. Penny, the the rape victim on the yeah, beach. Yeah, but oh, really? yeah, there, there's because it was about um, like how how can you ever be positive I about witness. anything was basically the theme of that episode. Oh. Yeah, the episode is called "Are mm-hmm. You Sure?" and it's oh. a couple of years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah, I definitely listened to that episode, but it's been a minute. Yeah, oh, that's really yeah. Cool. I re-listened to it recently because I was I wanted to hear more. I mean, and that's also heartbreaking. Her whole story is just. I mean, there's just so much that she has to try and reconcile yeah. for the rest of her life. Yeah, it's and awful. it's also I, like yeah. again, like not not her her like fault or responsibility. It's it's they I no, think they, they demonstrated yeah. that she got persuaded and in, in a very different way as well. Oh, man. And I was just, obviously yeah. surviving a trauma. For just one second. <laughs> I want to just live yeah. in this story for one more second before we go on to the rest of the sh- series because her story is so interesting and so tragic and it's a perfect example of what you're saying about the victim getting lost because what happened when they railroaded this guy who may have been a local creepster um, but they railroaded Stephen Avery instead of finding the actual he the, the actual criminal went out and committed more sexual assault. Yep. Because really? you committed the wrong horrible, horrible but stuff. But the day after Avery was released, the cops were like, hey, I'm just going to release this internal report that says, uh, hey, maybe it's, it was this other guy the whole time. Yeah, because they, they, yeah. they definitely it was 18 knew. years later. Also, the, the thing about um, uh, identifying people and is that they, they did everything wrong. So he drew, he looked at the picture in the jail of Stephen Avery, drew that as his police sketch, showed it to her. And then she was like, yeah, I guess so. And then they gave her a photo array that included the photo that he had drawn his picture from. And was like, do you see anybody here you recognize? So, of course, it's going to be him. Of course she recognizes And then they brought him in for a lineup after you've reinforced his face twice. That 
everything yeah. they did set her up so she couldn't make a positive ID, which is why you can't let a positive like that sort of identification stand. That can't be your only yeah. evidence. Yeah. And the most heartbreaking thing when you listen to that Radio Lab interview is like she says like she did so much she had so much presence of mind as a victim of a horrifying crime like having arguably like one of the most traumatic moments of your entire life yeah. being actively assaulted Not and arguably. this guy is attempting to murder her yeah. and she was like I have to stay calm and I have to remember exactly how this man looks yeah. so from that moment on she is like the only thing I could do, I knew exactly what his face looked like. Yeah. And they took that and they just ruined it. Yeah. They ruined it. Yeah. They so took away like her just, agency You entirely. could not feel more... Yeah. 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 You to could not feel fair, more implicated in that whole horrible situation. To be fair, to whom? Avery and that guy looked similar-ish. They did look, they did look they similar. Did look a little they looked similar enough mm-hmm. yeah. that this was all plausible. But the other guy wasn't in the lineups. And yeah, right, right, right. Also, you showed her the wrong picture. <laughs> yeah, and and, and, and that guy yeah. was two towns away. Why go two towns away when you got a local creep right here who may have done it? That, right. Well, oh, and, uh, you know, this is and he likes to hang out on the 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 guy two towns away likes to hang out on this beach. And normally we're surveilling him, but that day we just didn't missed him because we had other oh. stuff to do. Oh. It's just so ah, it's so frustrating. It's yeah. so frustrating. Yeah, and these it, are the kinds of people we trust. Well, and at the same time, it is just human error too. Like I'm sure the people that they helped that day, while they weren't surveilling this horrifying rapist, needed help. Like I'm not saying that yeah. they went off to like hang out at Dunkin' Donuts, but still, like this happened, and these gaps opened up, and then people took advantage of them, and now here we are. It's it's just so frustrating it's, and the justice system is made of humans yeah yes the justice system made of humans is definitely my takeaway as well humans who are running for office sometimes mm-hmm. humans who have yeah. people that they don't like in the community because of what's happened to their wives which is also reasonable but should not come into play no and also no in a small town play. maybe not the best quality of humans that are running that department i mean just like maybe thank god for dean and jerry because they were the only people oh, in the justice system who were like let's go back to this scene and like comb it for like visual evidence and like actually trying to piece it together and thinking that Steven was insane initially and then kind of coming around to his point of view. Oh my God. I just would give Dean Strang a big old kiss. Ugh. I mean, yeah, yeah I think internet, everybody. The internet would. has such a huge boner for Dean Strange. Yeah. Well, he's so he's so mm-hmm. humane and compassionate yes. and, and he's smart and yeah. reasonable. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and, and that hair and that windbreaker. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. There's mean, that part where he's lounging on that mm. couch. And he has his bare feet up, and you can see his oogie ah, bare feet. What a man! There's I, definitely a there's definitely a, a blog about photos of. <laughs> yeah. It's like I can't remember. It's like you're like a hot dad or something. It's terrible. Uh, I think that's too far. I, but I do think it's interesting, and also, well, so first, I've been, I think, trained from watching Law and Order to think that all criminal defense attorneys are assholes <laughs> and corrupt, and it turns out they're also the most amazing people in the criminal justice system sometimes, and yeah, underappreciated because the the prosecution, it turns out, is the home team at every court appearance because he's the prosecutor is mm-hmm. friends with the judge. And friends with the cops because they're all on the same team. So having defense attorneys is hugely important. But also, yeah. if you don't have $400,000 from recently suing the government, you aren't going to be able to afford a decent defense attorney. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fucked up. Yeah, you're really... I mean, you're you're in such desperate straits. And then also, like, I just... I feel like there is something really 
worth noting about just the IQ issue across this entire family. Yeah. Like you're consistently dealing with people who don't understand what's happening to them. Oh my God. And nobody is trying to cut this up into pieces that they can digest properly. So you're just, there's just this constant wheel of like, here's another piece of information, but do we parse it properly? Do we understand what's going on? Not really. With Brandon Desi, there's two, he had two of the saddest lines in the show one was oh he's God. talking to his mom on the phone and he said they said my statements were inconsistent i don't know what inconsistent means and then his mom goes i don't either and those <sighs> like yeah you treat him differently now mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know and and just uh, i don't know i think being fair is is treating you know people who are the same treating them the same and treating different people differently yeah. you know according to how they're different and and especially children That's- he's 16 He's he's a he's, he's a, a sophomore, and then he, in I, special ed class. The other thing is when I watched all those interrogation tapes like through my hands. Oh like, god, I just, they're so yeah. sad. And then he said so there was the terrible. conversation with his mom where he said he made up a lot of these stuff in the interviews, and she said, "Well, how did you how did you come up with that shit?" And he was like, "Just like I do on my homework, I guessed." Oh. <laughs> yeah, and then later when he was actually on the stand during his trial. And he said, I made it up. And they said, where did you get the details? And he said, a book. And they're like, what book has those details? And he said, I believe it's called Kiss the Girls. He's right. He's right. He's right. That's the plot of Kiss the Girls. It is. And on top of that, and I know that because my grandparents accidentally gave me that book for Christmas thinking it was just like a fun mystery story. Ooh, Kiss the Girls. And I read that book and was like, holy and so as soon as he said like it's in kiss the girls i was like i know exactly about all of that stuff oh man yeah. Every, oh, from being 11 that's, that's also terrible. grandma and grandpa oh I no know. they just knew i liked to read <laughs> i mean also everything in his statement is demonstrably false yes it, like he was just yeah. so clearly wrong about everything it, like they ne- and they never introduced it at Stephen every straw because it's demonstrably false like the idea that they tortured and killed her in the bedroom and never found a single drop of blood, suggesting that this guy uh, who didn't even wear a clean shirt to his own trial was able to clean his house like, like Martha Stewart every inch of his bed. It's just unreasonable. Yeah. yeah. It's completely, completely absurd that he would know how to adequately dispense. Okay. Yeah, lemon juice. But his he would bedroom know that. would be without a single drop of blood at all. And this is no, not a minimalist like, clean surfaces. No, no. You know, and sort of. then that he would be so sloppy oh, no. as to get his own blood in her car. Yes. How is that reasonable? Make- this man is the magic blood remover, remember? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we can describe his decorating style as cluttered chic. Yeah. <laughs> as happened. As yeah, playful order. Yeah. yeah. Stuff. Light junkyard. <laughs> I would say that there is less hoarding than I expected. In yeah, that for house. a people like, who own a junkyard, it was a surprise. Well, hoarders need to have money, Tanya. <laughs> oh. No, they don't, Chris. You have not watched enough episodes of hoarders. They put their energy into not. hoarding cars. All right, you guys, I think it's time yeah. for their palate cleanser. Um, so Celeste on Facebook asked, how many episodes were you able to watch in a row? My boyfriend and I could only watch one or two at a time before we got too depressed and had to watch cartoons to help us go to sleep. So two questions for you guys. Yes. One, mm. how many episodes could you watch in a row before you had to bail? Um, or are you kind of like, could you like power through? And the other one is, what do you watch when you need to get to sleep? What is your palate cleanser? Oh. Oh. Uh, 
So I'll go first, I guess. Should I go? I'll go okay, first. Yeah, go. So first. Your answer will be less shameful. I watched it almost constantly. Like, I was able to power, like, multiple episodes in a row. That thing that Netflix does where it just starts playing the next episode, I would oh, be yeah. like, curse you, Netflix, and then just watch it. Um, so I yeah. watched yeah. most of it. But then my palate cleanser is uh, documentaries about fish. Like Aww. what? About Blue Planet? About individual fish? No, like, or? Not, not like this fish in the criminal justice fish system. <laughs> no, it was like, <laughs> yeah. no, like Blue Planet or... Uh, Planet Earth or Life, just oh yeah, those are great. just great underwater f- film of uh, schools of fish swimming. I just find I find sea sea creatures to be so soothing. So I would like watch this in the living room. And they'd be like, "Time to go to bed. Watch some fish movies." And then I would watch fish movies on my phone, and then I could go to sleep. Oh. Nice, yeah, Tanya. That's um, I so like I said, Chris and I watched one episode together, and then he had like other stuff to do that weekend, and I was like, "Not me. <laughs> I can't wait." Yeah. And so I think I powered through, oh gosh, I think either six or seven episodes in one sitting because uh, oh. I had an evening. Yeah. So I just made a night of it. <laughs> and then um, the other ones, I think I, I parceled out a little bit more. I, I, yeah, I have, I have a pretty good, I can binge pretty well. And also I, I have a high tolerance for this kind of stuff, which yeah. is this not is a like cool Tanya's thing to say about jam. yourself. <laughs> this is totally my jam. <laughs> but I mean, but, but less so like, I, I, I wasn't eager to start this show and really it was Twitter that like spurred me to action because yeah. I just felt like we were reaching like peak critical mass of everyone watching yep. it and that was kind of the only reason I was like okay I'm ready to like get angry and cry a lot yeah it was time so, so tell us your yeah, palate cleanser then, for you and then we'll get uh, Chris and, and Sarah we'll get yours later oh sorry guys no 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 uh, I'm just putting it up so we have more palate just... cleansers to look forward to yeah, um, I love I love uh, things from the UK, and so I usually like I listen to this podcast uh, from Absolute Radio that's called it's just the Frank Skinner Show, and it's just these like you know fancy people sitting around talking about what they did that week and like asking inane questions of their listening audience, oh. and it's a delight. Oh, that does sound so. like a great palate cleanser. Welcome back. You're listening to Holy Fuck, That's Science, and or Just a Thing I Heard, right here on the Sesame Network. Holy Fuck is brought to you by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Go there whenever you buy stuff from Amazon, and the Sesame Network gets a little percentage. So that's right. The way Holy Fuck works is we're a mini podcast where we repeat our favorite stories from other podcasts. But with our own little unique perspective, specifically the perspective of somebody who's a little fuzzy on the details. It turns out remembering the details may be overrated because most of science is made up anyway. That's producer Lacey Gleason. I think it was Radiolab, but it could have been something else. But anyway, I was listening to a story recently about how most scientific studies aren't reproducible. Ooh, I heard that one. I think it was on Planet Money. That's it! So this guy wrote a paper about these different studies that all seem to prove the ESP is real. Peer-reviewed and everything. And that's ridiculous, obviously. So people started to wonder if the process of publishing studies was biased. Also known as the filing cabinet effect. Yeah, or something like that. This guy got a bunch of scientists together and they tried to reproduce all these studies. Turns out that 90% of them weren't reproducible. So science is in real trouble, isn't it? Yeah, that's crazy. Was that the takeaway of the whole story? I don't remember exactly, but I think so. Holy fuck. Yeah, that's science. Or maybe not, depending. I 
read a great headline recently that reminded me of that. Producer Star Gentoli. I think it was the Times. Could have been BuzzFeed. I don't remember. Uh, but the headline was like, 20% of vitamin supplements actually have the ingredients they claim on the bottle. Was that on the Frontline documentary? Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I haven't watched it yet. Wow, 20%. What did they have instead, the other 80? I don't know. I didn't watch it either, but I saw that headline and I was like, wow. I should really learn more about that at some point. You definitely should. We all should. That's probably science, right? Yeah, probably. Have you heard that thing about how when you tell people something is a myth, it's more likely to reinforce the myth? Oh, yeah. I've heard that, too. Like, if you show people a thing disproving something they believe, then ask them later, like 80% of them or so will remember reading something agreeing with them. Wow, 80%. That's a huge percentage. I was just making that number up, but yeah, 80% is a large majority. I was just thinking about uh, Mythbusters because I always remember that they tackled something, but I don't remember the outcome. Oh, yeah. Like running versus walking in the rain, which keeps you drier. I still have no idea. And windows down versus air conditioner on, um, which one gives you better gas mileage? I think they tested it multiple times, but I don't remember which was better. And did that lead balloon work or not? I couldn't say. So that's at least 80% right there. And even if they proved it once, it's probably not reproducible. I am going to be so fun at parties with all these things and knowledge. Me too. Now it's time for our made-up numbers round. Here's Lazy Gleason. 2% of readers actually finish reading any articles. Starge and Tully. 74% of statistics sound more believable if they don't end in zero or five. Holy fuck. That's science and or just a thing I heard. Holy fuck is brought to you by read-wheat.com slash Amazon, where you can get the Thames and Cosmos chemistry set for just $31.40 and free prime shipping. Make fizzy reactions with sodium carbonate, test acids and bases with a litmus indicator solution, write messages with invisible ink, and much more. Do your own science so somebody else can misquote your research online later. Science is a part of our everyday lives. Wonderful surprises right before your very eyes. Say hibernation, hibernation. Evaporation. evaporation, gravity, gravity. and metamorphosis. metamorphosis. Uh, all right, you guys. So now it's time for the game for the lightning bonus round. So I'm gonna lightning have bonus round. Nice. I got a couple little mini games of stuff that I want you to play. Um, the first one that I'm going to do is uh, let's see. Let's play. Let's play winners and losers. So um, we've talked about a couple of people who look really bad in this in this show, and a couple people who look pretty good. So we have on the winning side, uh, winners side are the two defense attorneys who came off oh, looking yeah. great. And actually, any competent defense attorney in this in this show looks great. Like the other two oh, who defended yeah. Brendan and uh, Brendan's post-conviction. Attorneys. Yeah, all the post-conviction I, people. I wanted to give props to the first, the woman who hand, who helped handle the first Stephen Avery case. Yeah. She gets interviewed a lot in episode one. And, she and was she's just incredible. A def- she was just yeah. a, a public defender. Yeah, yeah. And she just, but she was so, I just felt like she presented her information in such a logical, rational way. I just, I so appreciated her. I, yeah. I know that public defenders make no money. Like if there was like one thing that I wonder about this is ways we could actually make the system better because it seems so thoroughly broken. But one of them is funding public defenders because they are incredible people doing an impossible job. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're making no money. And it's, so it's only people who don't want to go make real money as a lawyer. And so like taking it's just like if we could make that pay well so that the best lawyers wanted to be part of that, that would be good for the earth. Yeah. Yeah. If, if like we doubled their pay. So it wasn't like astronomical, like yeah. fancy, fancy lawyers. But no. at the same time, if it was like lawyers that are but good you, enough where you, that could you be your job for a long time. You put huge amount of debt on yourself in school. It would be nice if the good, if the jobs with your good heart also paid your debts. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many issues here, right? I mean, just the fact that it's it's vastly understaffed, and that there is there is enough money to go around, and then like the conditions under which they're working are ridiculous, yeah. and also that we're creating way bigger a demand than we have as a supply. So these yeah. people are working on way more cases than they can even give proper oh, attention yeah. to. So your rate of burnout is ridiculously high. I mean, yeah. yeah. So yeah. and another play, another winner clearly is the Innocence Project who I just think so highly of. They yeah. did such a good job on that first one, and there, there were people in different And they rightly of... turned Steven down the second time. I, well, <laughs> that felt painful to me. I mean, it's just so... so... Oh, wait, what about that video? I'm sorry, this is like... <clears throat> the video where they're... Okay, they're searching his house, and they find that letter where oh, he's invited God. to that Innocence Project dinner. And they're like, don't think he's going to that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Like, I what? get the cops have to have, like, a gallows humor, uh, but when you are that on tape so wrong. saying that you think he's guilty already, that, that feels like you should be excluded from investigating now. That yeah, sounds like, you like should, game yeah. over. You go sit in your vehicle and just <sighs> think about what you said. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, who else were, like, taught, like, who, like, the losery losers? Who's the worst? Who's the, uh, well, how about this? Who's the worst person? We've played, we've talked about a few of them. <laughs> kind of a tough I, day. I really hate uh, Len, uh, oh, the public Len. defender. Who, uh, Len is just, a motherfucker. Yeah. I hate Len's he, investigator he more. He got third place in an election for a judge, and so he thought this high-profile prosecuting could really raise his profile. Oh, my God. Never spoke to his client. Um let his client be repeatedly interviewed by police without him being there, which is yeah. just insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I trust the police. Job the police. I'll be there when you invest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a child. Like, probably not his mom or me or <laughs> oh anyone God. should be there. That happens all the time. Totally normal. She doesn't know he's being interviewed. That's not a big deal. I'm not worried about that. Oh That's not weird. His investigator <sighs> was also a piece of garbage, but had his investigator been hired by the police he would have been an average piece of garbage it was len who let that guy near his client that's insane yes yes yeah i mean it is it's completely insane but just that any i yeah anyone who had an extended period of time where they manipulated brendan it just sinks to the very bottom for me it's just that whole thing where he was like now i want you to draw what you saw like uh, no, make it so we can really tell what's going on. It's just, oh, it's just the most disgusting. In other, other winners are, I really liked Stephen's parents, and I liked all of Stephen's girlfriends. And he, Stephen uh, never doesn't have some sort of girlfriend, fiance, wife. He manages thing. to get engaged from prison twice, and that's yeah, impressive. <laughs> that's game. He's like so charming, and, they, and they're all charming. Like, I liked all of the women who liked him, too. I was like, oh, you're very nice. <laughs> Repeat reasonable. DUI offender was my favorite okay. of his fiance. Yes, she had the DUIs, but she was so friendly. I, I, liked I worried her. a lot about her. 
I just worried a lot about her. Yeah, definitely and like, some worries. And uh, well, an original wife. Uh, that story was just so sad, and like the pictures oh, yeah. of their correspondence were just like, yikes. Yeah. Oh, so bad. I, I guess I'm going to kind of take the easy way out and say the dude who committed that original crime. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Malibu rapist. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. Um, isn't, isn't Steven's ability to still be rather like ch- friendly on the day of his release? Didn't that surprise you a little? Like he had less anger than I would expect. Yeah. Although, I, after 18 years, you just have to find a way to make peace with it, I would think. You know? I guess. I don't know. I mean, doing 18 years for something you didn't do, it just seems like, oh, man, you gotta go crazy. I don't know how you're still reasonable. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think you are. It's the thing. That was one of the more worrying moments, just in terms of, like, his perception of himself when he was like, you know, I had all this anger and all these bad feelings. And then the day I got released, it all just went away. And I was like, sir, no, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's how you feel, but it's not true. Yeah. That's something in there. Well, maybe he only did two days. Day got in the day he got out. <laughs> the, um, the other, somebody, I think it was the, like one of the politicians who helped get the Avery bill passed. Um, yeah was saying that it was so hard to think that, like, maybe if he'd been in prison this whole time, he wouldn't have done this thing, which is so incredibly backwards to me. The other, like, because the most fucked up thing to me is he probably, like, even if he did this, which I'm not convinced he did, I think he's probably innocent, but if he did this, um, I, he probably wouldn't have if he hadn't served 18 years for a crime he didn't commit. Like, he is under such severe mental distress. Yeah. I, yeah, it's just, I mean, so if he didn't do it, who did it? I know we're not supposed to be trying to solve this. I just am feeling. But it's the natural next by. question, right? Like, because you don't want to think like, oh, there's still someone with this level of like savagery I mean, and hatred in them out there in the world. Yeah, I mean, and it, yeah, and it does. I mean, it comes down to like, so if, if yeah, the same situation as with the original case, the rape case. You know, this person did not go to jail for the thing they did. And they went on and did horrible things to other people. Mm -hmm. And are we dealing with that again? That's that feels like a legit question. So I think that Stephen has said some stuff in other interviews that were not on the show about how he suspects his brother, which would explain sort of why stuff is on the property, which is crazy. Um, Uh. (laughs) But the thing is, if you're investigating a murder like this. 99 times out of 100 the answer is her boyfriend it's just and he seemed like a weirdo when he was on camera i didn't like him he did seem like a little bit of a weirdo but But that's this is i mean that's the so that's the same reason that they they think avery did it (laughs) like you seem like a weirdo you well no yeah i so i think that just means he's the where the investigation should focus Ah. and uh i I think that the, one of the problems the defense had, and they mentioned, they said this, like making the case that the police framed him is a real tough sell to a jury, um, especially yeah. in a small town where the prosecuting attorney can say, you know, these police officers, they're your friends. They wouldn't do this. And the jury could go like, oh, yeah, they, they're so nice. Um, so that's insane. But um, that's not providing an alternate theory of the crime. That's just 
trying to disprove the evidence that's coming in. And I think they did a good job of disproving it, but that doesn't show the alternate theory. So I don't know who the alternate theory is because they didn't give it to us in the show. Yeah. Um, well, and Dean Strang, everybody's heartthrob in yeah. Making a Murder. Um, he was he was being interviewed uh, like present day. And he was saying, like, no, he he doesn't know whether or not Stephen did it, but he knows yeah. that the evidence being used against him is is not sufficient. And this is exactly you know, if the I answer felt. is maybe, you can't convict him. That's not the country we live in. Yeah, you know? that's not exactly. How, that's not how the system works. That's exactly how I felt with serial. Is like whether or not he did it, he just didn't do it in this way. Like all this evidence is wrong. Yeah, but yeah. he still might have done. It. Although in in serial, he did it. Uh, yeah. Adnan definitely I, did. I I have to say I'm with you on that one, Alex. Oh yeah, me too. Despite my my like heart's protest to the contrary. I mean, not that I had feelings for Adnan at all, but like I just I didn't want that to be the case. But that's definitely what it felt like. And the whole show was like disproving the prosecution's case, which they did because the prosecution's case was clearly terrible and wrong. But that doesn't mean he was innocent. That just means he didn't kill her in the way they said. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, really quick, last game. This was suggested uh, by Sarah. Sarah wanted us to play <laughs> Sorry. Mary Fuck Wrongfully in Prison. So, uh, uh, I'll give you three people. Oh, I'm so excited. And I want you guys to decide who you marry, who you have sex with, and who you wrongfully imprison for 18 years. Um, this when, Sarah, when you said you didn't think we would be funny twice, I knew this was coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely. Um tacky to say the least <laughs> given that these are real people and yes. real horrific crimes well i know that but- comedy heals but i mean i am i do feel a little bit bad for suggesting this but i also am excited to play and feel bad about that too <laughs> okay so I'll give, you guys, I'll give you a group of three people of similar status and you decide which one to marry fucking wrongfully in prison the special prosecutor the cousin's first lawyer or the sheriff who did the composite drawing of steven Oh Wait, no! Is this, oh, no this those are good. Prosecutor, uh, uh, the, the special prosecutor, the baby voice, baby voice, Kratz. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So baby voice, Kratz, um, Len, yeah, and the sheriff who did the composite drawing. Oh. Okay, I have an answer. This is a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know, I know. No, I have an answer. Go like, for it, Chris. Does everybody else? Oh, okay, I'll, I'll just. I go got an it. answer as well. You go first. Maybe they match. <clears throat> Okay, <laughs> so I would marry the sheriff who did the drawing Ooh. because he seems easily to emotionally manipulate into doing whatever I want. <laughs> uh, Is that and what between you look the bride, yeah. Well, and between the two, I guess I would uh, fuck uh, baby voice. Uh, what? Just what? once on a dare to say I did. And then, uh, oh, he's going to text you forever. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I could block him. Uh, <laughs> Very sexed, uh. falsely in prison. And I, I'd wrongfully imprison uh, uh, Len, the first. Uh, I mean, if uh, your answer term. was you definitely you'd fuck baby voice because he is the catch. Yeah, he is the catch. He's the real prize. Real prize. <laughs> um, I, man, Chris, I, that would that's a good answer. I think that I would have to kill baby face. Um, no, we're not no, killing. We're wrongfully, 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 I'm sorry, wrongfully imprisoned. You're right, wrongful prison. Wrongfully imprisoned or rightfully imprisoned, babyface, because he's a he deserves it. Um, I think I'd actually, I think I would marry Len because why? Although I think I'd marry he's Len too, actually. an unbelievably bad defense attorney, <laughs> he is, he's got a good smile that yeah. would greet you every day, um, and he like a generally optimistic attitude, even when he's destroying someone's life. 
I feel like he'd be okay to have around as long as I didn't let him defend innocent children. And yeah, then, that's uh, true. Probably and, a bad liar also. Like, then this cookie jar used to be full. Then, <laughs> and he'd just grin and at grin. you. And, yeah. <laughs> and then the sheriff increasingly the shiny. Drawing, I would <laughs> yeah. have sex with because uh, he would believe anything I told him. Like, uh, <laughs> no, you're enjoying this. It's nine inches. Oh, uh, no. oh God. <laughs> too far? Too far. Uh, Tanya? Sarah? It's all too far. Uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah, or Tony, do you have No, answer? Sarah, go for it, please. Oh, well, so I would marry sketch artist because I have an interest in the visual arts. I feel like we could take some art classes together and, like, maybe, you know, work on our portraiture. Yeah. I would fuck Len because anyone with a smile that big has got to know something I don't. And oh. I would wrongfully imprison baby voice because yeah. I could not have baby voice touch me in a sexual manner. No. And that's why no. those other options are off the table for me. Yeah, you're totally right. You're definitely right. Yeah. Tanya, why don't we have you go first in this next round? Yeah, because um, my answer is the same as Sarah's for nice. sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Mary fuck wrongfully imprison mm-hmm. Dean Strang, mm-hmm. Dean oh. Strang's partner, mm-hmm. or Jerry. Uh, Jerry. Or uh, the woman public defender from his first case. What? Now it's hard on the other side. <laughs> to wrongfully imprison one of these gorgeous people? Yeah. yeah. One of these beautiful souls. It's got to be the tall guy, I think. Start there. Jerry? Jerry? Work backwards. Oh, Jerry? Oh, Jerry's great. Jerry? I, he I, is yeah, great. I would have to say I would either. Lineup. I mean, I would, be, I would be so honored to marry either Jerry or Dean. Yeah. And, and same with the lovemaking, frankly. Yeah, right? I think I would make love to Dean and then I would marry. They're partners. They could just share both, right? Is that. (laughs) Eiffel Tower. Wait, what? (laughs) I didn't say that. (laughs) Sorry, guys. We're lucky. Maybe we can convince them both to partner up on this job. Oh. This is a case you both have to solve together. (laughs) Go back over all of the evidence and comb the scene. (laughs) <laughs> oh i well okay you know what no i will i will send the wonderful lady to jail because she'll be able to get herself out yes yeah. it'll be fine <laughs> yeah she knows the inner workings of that system yeah she'll she'll be more than than able to to exonerate herself very quickly and i will help god damn it i will help All right, <laughs> right after i get out of bed chris really quick <laughs> mary fuck wrongfully in prison the rav4 the red minivan and the car crusher Oh, oh man! <laughs> uh, I don't see how you could fuck the car crusher and walk away. I can't away. see how you don't. You can't see. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you just want to make sure that the safety's way on, right? I mean, you don't fuck a car crusher. The car crusher fucks you. <laughs> oh, good point. Good point. Good point. Uh, you know, I uh, I would marry the Rav Four. I would say. Because I think that's a it's a better made vehicle. I'm yeah. I'm I'm about about the the international the the imports. I think mm, yeah. And uh, the minivan, uh, I'd fuck a minivan. There's plenty of space for the fucking in the back. <laughs> All right. Um, so now let's do one more palate cleanser, and then our final thoughts. Then we'll get out. So palate cleanser, uh, Chris. What do you what do you watch when you need to cleanse your palate for something bad? A book, any book. I cannot what? read in bed. I fall asleep after like two minutes. Oh, really? And so cleanser. Yeah. So uh, what's like a real harmless book you've read that's just been like just all pleasant 
Oh yeah, I'm reading a fantasy book uh, that my buddy Nels gave me uh, for uh, wintertime holiday festivals, and it's Ooh. called The Way of Kings, and it's uh, Brendan Sanderson, and it's good. It's super immersive. It's a thousand pages long. Those and, fantasy whoa. people. Yeah, the fantasy people are readers. I'm a slow reader, and I'm especially yeah. a very sleepy reader, so it's <laughs> taken a while. Nice. Yeah. Uh, all right, sir. How about you? What's your palate cleanser? What? And if it's not red panda gifts, I'm going to be disappointed. You're going to be disappointed because red panda oh. gifts is definitely if I'm in an area where I have to be like, you know, rated G. If it's just for me, I always say Big Dick Richie's Dance in the Mini Mart from Magic Mike XXL. Oh, that's ah! a good one. That's yeah, a real good one. Because all he wants to do is make you smile. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> whole sequence is just so beautiful. That was it's one of so the good. best and they're scenes. all cheering so and hugging good. each other outside the windows. Yes, and they like run like children on Christmas morning to like keep up with like what he's doing inside the store. That is one yeah. of the best scenes of film in the past five ten years. I think. Uh, oh yeah, it's like, one so of the best movies so right. of the past five to ten years. <laughs> but like that yes. scene in particular is just like, please only this all the time in in my mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. So now we're gonna do final thoughts. So let's start with uh, Tanya. Was it just one last thing going away from this uh, to to linger on? One one more thought to chew on. Um, I just wonder how much longer as a nation we can possibly ignore the effects of our own class system and our own like economic issues. Yeah. Yeah. I just really wonder that. Yeah. yeah. I have fears that it will be forever. Uh, yeah, it's funny when yeah when you said that I was like does do or do you, does that mean we're gonna stop? That's optimistic of you. No, I mean I, it just seems like we we never look at it in a serious way, and this is such. I mean, this is just such an economic issue. Yeah, like and oh, yeah. and the, there's such a there's such a class. I mean, there's obviously there are, there's a lot of cultural capital missing in the Avery family, but that is also so strongly associated with their position yeah. financially yeah. and how this is not something that we talk about when we talk about this show is pretty incredible yeah all right chris final thought uh yeah i mean i all of those things uh also you know uh i have professionally spent some time around lawyers and so the parts it was really i'm less of a law and order person i guess more of a courtroom drama person mm. um, what's your courtroom and so color? Yeah, it was it, it was really interesting to me how much I was keyed into the courtroom stuff, even opposed to like all the murder stuff. Because the courtroom yeah. stuff was not the sexy stuff um, well, necessarily, Chris, except for Dean Strang. Because that's the order part. I guess that's the order. So I'm much more that's order the than law. The great thing about law and order is that that's got both parts. Yeah, there were some sartorial choices, some glasses choices, and some haircut choices that I was mad interested in in <laughs> all of the backgrounds of those courtrooms. Oh man! Also, moments. just like. Deb from 1980s. Yes, oh, Deb from Deb. Deputy Deb. Deputy Deb. <laughs> Deputy Deb. I wish she had turned out to be so shitty later because I she wanted looks, to love her. Yeah, she looks like a hipster now is yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks like she should be played by Tilda Swinton. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Young Tilda Swinton as Deputy Deb. Oh, yeah. It's a, a, great. A, a current day because Tilda Swinton never ages. Yeah, she and looks like Tilda Swinton in Snowpiercer got a perm. Yeah, and that's yeah. true. Um, yeah. So, Chris, so you're looking at the courtroom people. 
oh yeah no and it was just like oh maybe i like courtroom dramas and that was yeah. something i didn't realize about myself until this i movie. do i've read i've read all the, uh, all of grisham and i enjoy it and i have watched all of law and order including the second half of each episode which is all in courtroom dramas i like it i'm interested in it and i think although some uh lawyers are not great for the world uh most of them are very important and good right and that's not a popular opinion yeah and like it's a capitalist thing where as far as like defense attorneys you know and prosecutors they're helping themselves by doing a good job so sarah do you want to be last or do you want me to be last um i i can go i'll be second to last final thought um this made me realize um well it, it reminded me that it's everyone's individual responsibility to be active in the justice system in some way, whether that's, you know, actually serving on a jury um, or seeking to fix these huge problems by just like voting and being aware and being active. And it was such a like chilling reminder of that. That's like, wow, I am so goddamned privileged in my circumstances. This is not going to happen to me in my lifetime. But, like, how can we stop things like this from happening to other people? And that was, like, a very interesting sort of uncomfortable wake-up to have while watching Netflix in my pajamas. Like, a real <laughs> affluent 20-something fuck-up, you know? I, uh, <laughs> the, the jury duty yes, is an interesting yes. part of that because uh, everyone that I know thinks of jury duty as the thing to escape from. And that means only the crazy people are on juries. So yeah, when it's like yeah. you you got to serve. My my dad served on a jury when I was in like middle school and it was for a murder case and oh, he was man. sequestered for like a week. Yeah. And they knew who the guy was. They had to decide degree. Um so it wasn't like finding one person. It was how long they were going to put him away. But right. him like talking about that experience. I think he was the foreman too. Um was yeah. like very strange and surreal and he was like really shaken by that too and it was just like yeah like it's this stuff that we're so used to seeing fictionalized it's really weird to see it in real life and to think about all like tanya like you were saying that these are oh yeah it's people it's people actually doing all this stuff yeah 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 i i was on a i was a foreman of a jury a couple years ago and i highly recommend the experience i think it's really interesting and it is draining and difficult um although when you freelance it's less difficult financially than for other people um, I was like, well, I'll just work from this waiting room if that's what you're gonna make me do. Um, but then uh, when they were doing the the voir dire, where they're like asking the jur- potential jurors questions, they would like ask them their job, and then they'd really interrogate all of them, and then they would kind of like whisper to each other. And they got to me, and they were like, "What do you do?" And I was like, "I'm a comic." And they're like, "That's fine." And then they just moved on, and then I was on the jury <laughs> right away. Like both sides were like, "We would love to have this comedian on our jury." It was weird. That is huh. weird. Yeah, I got instantly dismissed because of my job. Actually. Oh, yeah, because you're around lawyery people. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, yeah, I had to, I had to, I don't even, I had to excuse myself based on the nature of the case, and I just was like, I won't give you an answer that is balanced and yeah. not super subjective. I am so sorry. Goodbye. That is also a, like, if you can't be balanced, that is a good reason to excuse yourself. That's good for the system, but it is but interesting I, like, to serve when yeah. you can. Yeah, I, I feel guilty to. about that about once a week still. Oh. Like I still really? think about like oh, but look, you those, they were such like nor like good, like kind, enthusiastic lawyers that like really wanted to find the right people for this case and you know, and had a lot of like energy to put toward 
getting the correct result and like and by correct i mean in their eyes like balanced and just accurate yeah, yeah. like and what like, do you say like one in 30 of the juror surveys said that they could be impartial oh yeah it was so yeah. bad in the Avery case yeah yeah, uh, oh my yeah. God. such um, a mess yeah. all right so my final thought is uh i think i might be done with true crime um, wow. I'm gonna go back. I think I'm gonna go back to fake crime because at the end of fake <laughs> crime, you get the answer. Yeah, yeah. There could is you, an answer. Like could you Danny imagine? Ocean really does walk away with all that money. He does. You know? It's great. <laughs> hey, can you imagine if the end of a Law and Order episode was just like maybe he did, maybe he didn't? <laughs> it would be terrible. I mean, there like, have been a few where things are very ambiguous. There are a the couple end. of ambiguous ones, but for the most part, at the end, they do a cut scene or a flashback where they show you the murder happening, and you just know who it was. Yeah, and, and Jessica um, Fletcher was right the whole time. Oh, it's so delightful to know. So, fake crime all the way. That is my jam. you guys that's it for our show thank you so much for sticking it out with us i hope you enjoyed this uh, more somber more serious i hope this is an interesting use of fresh month please let us know what you thought go to redistrict.com <laughs> what tanya oh no just chris did his his signature noise but he did it like really fast oh because okay. <laughs> like, i was a little late and <laughs> yeah, I, didn't hear it. I liked it it was that's funny great um so i hope you enjoyed it and let us know what you thought and uh my feeling was that people who like us would be interested in hearing us talk about something zeitgeisty, um, even a couple weeks late. But uh, so yeah. let us let me know if we were right or wrong about that. Um, and of course, uh, let us know what your palate cleanser is because we can always. Everyone needs more palate cleansers. So into that. Facebook.com slash weep <gasps> or tweet at us at read underscore weep. Tanya, I just remembered my other palate cleanser, mm-hmm. which is totally weird, but I love the Instagram account Best Vines now. Oh yeah, oh. you do. My God, <laughs> I'm familiar with every vine they've ever posted. <laughs> Tanya will just be going through, like whether she's trying to fall asleep or just has a little little interstitial time. Yeah. She'll just be on Instagram scrolling through funny vines and cracking up like an idiot. Oh, I love it so much. A lot of vine is so a little much. a little broy for me. But other parts, like corners of it, are brilliant. Like friend of the show, Avery Monson, his vines are fantastic. Oh yeah, I like everything. I don't know. He they've, does. they've got some real gems. There are there are some also real broy, gross things. But there's some gems. I'm I'm intrigued. I'll check that out. Best vines now on Instagram. Uh, thank you so much for being here at C. Walter Smith. Yeah, and at the Tanya Best. What it do? And uh, Sarah at Sarah Hathaway on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, That's me. Send her uh, g- gifts of uh, of pandas, red pandas in the snow, ideally. Oh, boy. That would just make my day. Please do. Please send those on over. I will try to find good ones to send back. Or I'll just send you Magic Mike gifts, which are also very good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, both so are- good. Thanks for doing this, Sarah. I know this is kind of a, a weird, challenging one, but I'm really glad we could have you on it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I have a lot of thoughts and, and feelings and opinions, and I was really fascinated by this documentary so it's fun to talk about it with people whose opinion i respect so much so thank you awesome likewise all right we'll talk to everybody next week goodbye